Welcome to the podcast that inspires the American dream through hard work and adventure. Our wide range of guests will give you a unique insight into their crafts, professions, and experiences. So sit back, enjoy, and have a laugh. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Free Range American Podcast. Hello and welcome to Free Range American Podcast. This is one of our special episodes where uh, we go solo. Uh, we're going to do a, a number of these because myself, Matt, Evan, Logan all have you know certain guests that kind of match our background, match our interests, and stuff like that. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, treat you guys to a couple solo interviews where it's just one of us interviewing somebody we like, appreciate, respect, adore. You know, it is your good looks that 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 kind of lead me to a lot of the, th- the nice things I'm saying about my guest right now. Um, but we have a lot of weird intertwined history. Uh, I am currently on the phone with Mr. Geran- Garand Thumb. Garand. <laughs> uh, if you are in the firearms community, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. He's one of the top. I would I would say you're like a T and E. YouTuber, correct? More so information. I think that's a good way. How would you classify it? That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. I would describe it as a dude making uh, videos in his basement. We'll put it at that tier right there. Yeah. But you know what? Like you and I had that conversation yesterday. If you, if you know how to do it right, you know how to do it right. (laughs) That is a fact right there. Let's get into the first part since we're using your your Let's do it. your Instagram and your your YouTube and your online handle. Where does the name of Grand Thumb come from? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's a that's a great question. So I guess what it comes down to is when uh, way back when when I started this channel, I had no idea where this was going, and at the time I had just bought a Grand. And I thought to myself, you know, what a great rifle. I think I'll do an entire channel about shooting the Garand fast and in different situations and competition. And it's going to be super sick. Well, no one was doing it at that time. uh, Yeah, no one was. (laughs) No one, no one. And you know what? To be clear, I don't think anybody is really doing that. But uh, I think it's definitely a very very small subset of people would watch that. But yeah, that that I did in Pan Out because I quickly realized that people didn't want to watch I got I only shoot a grand uh, for all time and eternity yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, you that was not. You can't make three hundred videos out of that. I mean, you could, but you know, you could. <laughs> no one's going to watch. And, and and so I made the I made the channel, and um, you know, the name sucked because uh, in in many ways, you know, uh, people just love the grand, you know, and they love. They love the history behind it. It's such an American it's very rifle. Historical. So There's a lot when of, you see the name, yeah, personal very connection, very historical. It. Oh, absolutely. And you know what's funny is not everyone knows what Grand Thumb stands for, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, because, where you did, know, I where did okay? So we got the M1 Grand. You're doing a, you're you're yeah, doing a, yeah. You start your your channel in the beginning, like we all do in the beginning. We don't know where this is going. Of course, you know. I catch I a lot no of idea. shit for my no uh, idea. my Xbox handle because nobody gets it. Uh, but I've what had, is it? I've had it for like fifteen years, both on PlayStation Network, and it, it's unknown Henson six two. So unknown Henson. What is, is, what is it? He is the uh, he is the he's a he's a um, 
he's a character that doesn't necessarily exist. Okay. He's played by an actor and he's a fake country music star, but he's also the voice of early Kyler for uh, Squidbillies. And his name's Unknown no Hins- Unknown Henson. <laughs> and and six two That is the most <laughs> was my class my class number for uh Tac P school. It was Eagle Six Two. So, you know oh, I, I used nice. my uh I used my class number but unknown Henson hit six two. It was it's never taken anytime I'm trying to get a uh you know, my screen name. So it's just like and I, I think early Kyler, well, I love Squidbillies and Unknown Henson. If you search his old YouTube videos from 2006, 7, 8, like back in the day, he used to make these satire, you know, as this country music star that loosely looked like Elvis. And he's just totally hillbilly. Like he's like, oh, I don't trust computers. Them, them, them are demon boxes sent straight from hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree fully with that statement. Actually, <laughs> that is, that is the most uh, obscure name reference I've. I don't think I, I think I've heard. Like Not how deep? How or... deep do you pull? Not only did you go with an actor that is the voice of a cartoon that like nobody has ever seen, but I went with his fake persona's name. <laughs> you know, here's a good thing, dude. You know what the good thing about that is. No one's ever going to take that name. That's what like, I mean. More it's than always that available. you're going to sign on to like you sign the PlayStation next, you know, network or Xbox or and you that, make yourself that was TikTok it. Is, that name, you're good to go. In PlayStation, when when I had a PlayStation account, I've had I just had unknown Henson, and that was great because nobody nobody ever fucking took that. But then nobody took it. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I can't get the name Grand Thumb on PlayStation or Xbox. Uh, Anytime I try to get into a game, that name is like. I have to be like Grantham XX sixty nine or something like that. So exactly, you know, just <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so um, where did this thumb? Where does the to, thumb come in? So the thumb. Um, it's interesting. So the first question I have for you before we get into it is: How familiar with the M one Grand are you? You know, I I love the M one and. I believe one of my favorite oh, yeah. guns that I own is based off of a variant of the M1 because I have an M14 EBR, and that's that's a grand, nice. right? Right. That's, Who made it, by the way? Do you know, it's yeah. a Springfield. It's very close. The M. Okay, nice. Yeah, you know the the M1A, the M14 is in many ways, you know, a a child of the M1 Grand. We could yeah. say okay. It's a very similar uh, system. There's a lot of similarities between the two, so I am comfortable in saying that those are very related. Now, the M1 Grand, if you remember playing those World War II games or if you shot one before, when you fire that last round, ping, yeah, yeah eighth ping. round, the in-block, yep, the in-block round ejects, excuse me, the in-block clip ejects, and you have the internal magazine. So once you do that, and you insert that, you reinsert a new in-block, has eight rounds. When you hit the very bottom, it releases the bolt. The bolt is going to ride forward and pick up that first round, chambered, of course. Here's the thing. If you're not putting enough pressure on that top round, if you're not blocking the um, operation, the op rod, what's going to happen is it's going to take that top round and your thumb and just smash it right into the action. <laughs> Super painful. They called that grand thumb back in the day. <laughs> so all these, all these guys kind of new to the grand, the first time you load that thing, you get that thumb caught. You, know, you get your thumb caught and uh, grand thumb, and that's what you get. Dude, it's one of those, but so you know what? The name... <laughs> it, it's like everybody has this too when it comes to something like this 
is like even when I mm-hmm. first stumbled upon you and I didn't even I didn't know your background at the time. It's like I read that I never knew that's how you spelled the M1 Grand. So I just thought your name was Duran Thumb. So like forever that's ingrained in my head. That's when I see your face, I'm like, oh, that's Duran Thumb. You you know what? (laughs) What's funny is I've met people at like Shot Show and they'll be like, like, oh, you know, this is a they're like, oh, no, I know you, Grant. You're like, Jared. I'm like, Jared. Uh, no, no, my, my name's, yeah, I'm like, no, 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 my name's Mike. They're like, Mike, what, what do you mean, Mike? I'm like, no, my name's Mike. And they're like, Mike, that's normal. They're like, I, I thought you had like a weird, like, I thought you had like a weird name. Like, I thought your name was this Jared Thumb, and it was like a weird, like, last name. It was like an English name or something like that. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, like, no, it's That's funny. fair. I mean, yeah, that's people kind have of, some weird names, man. But, know, uh, I didn't go. I didn't go by JT when I was in the the TACP career field. Like, so what's been funny is that what they call you. Uh, I mean, it was just Taylor, or I mean, my my call okay. sign. You know, yeah. has been all kinds of Donnie for a long time. Was you know because I was super mm-hmm. young on my first deployment, so like the whole Big Lebowski, like shut the fuck up, Donnie, you're out of your element. Like that was a, <laughs> a, a constant joke. So like everybody was like, you know, Donnie for a while. I was cherry Chuck Taylor at the 14th for a while. Uh, you know, Classic. <laughs> and then my, my schoolhouse call sign was pampers. Um, because if they went, Pamper, how did you get that? I want to know. Uh, because if they went and fuck with the students, and they figured this out quickly that, and they didn't tell me that they were going and I didn't get to go. I'd throw a massive tantrum like, Oh, y'all, you guys are fucked up. You, you went down there and I didn't get to go. There's fuck. I want to go. What did you got to tell me? And they're like, Jesus Christ, you baby bitch, you fucking pampers. <laughs> and so then like that Classic. was their game is they would try and sneak out to attack and fuck with the students and and like they would they would tell me to like go do something weird like oh okay okay and then I'd come back and I'd see them all laughing coming back up with all the empty smokes <laughs> and the and the and the ground burst simulator and I'm like you went and fuck with students didn't you oh look Pampers about to have a cry <laughs> <laughs> so for those not Dude, so classic for those not you know versed in the firearms community or if you you know aren't a really big yeah. social media guy in the firearms community. Mr. Grand Thumb is, you know, one of the you're one of the largest, you know, T&E uh, kind of informational gun YouTubers. I mean, there hasn't been a lot that, that has come up, you know, in the last few years. And really, they kind of all went away. Um, so you're one of the only ones that's out there really doing it and putting out self-produced, really good content, entertaining. You have a you have a, a, a piece of humor to a lot of it, but also, you know, you're very good at your craft. Thank you. That's that's really kind of you. And and there are, to be clear, there are much larger uh, channels than me that are out there. I mean, uh, Hickok Forty Five, the uh, the older gentleman who does a lot of the videos, uh, Rack Veteran Eighty Eight. You have a lot of other guys who do uh, a Iraq lot of great Veteran Eight 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 still around. Oh, um, I, I feel, remember him. Yeah, he he is. I to be honest, man, I don't watch YouTube at all. Yeah, because I, I I spend too much. I, I'm sure you're the same way. I don't, I spend too much time already. In front of the uh, screen, and I don't want to do anymore. Same thing. I don't watch YouTube in our space at all, but I do like 
Yes. I go down the yes. rabbit hole on film techniques, on Photoshop tutorials, on music tutorials, on, you know, every, every day I'm watching a how-to one way or another, even whether that's like, you know, how do I make lobster bisque? Like, I'll just like, I, the other day I, I watched like <laughs> nine videos on how to make mustard. I was like, how is mustard made? <laughs> you know, that's what's so incredible about the, about the, the breadth of information that is available on YouTube. You can literally learn from making food all the way through learning how to disassemble a firearm. Like yeah. you have the entire breadth of information. Like how, how incredible is that? Well, it's and, that just, and that's the it's thing. You, and that break, yeah. Anything now, it's like something breaks or something's not working. That is my first search engine. If something's not working, it's how to fix this or how to do that. I mean, especially, you know, I'm a big uh, DCS fan, uh, which is uh, <laughs> it's a online video game, if you will. It's a digital combat simulator, which if, is if you will. Yeah, it's a it's a simu it's a it's a flight simulator. One of the best by Eagle Dynamics. Um, so it's so real, though. It's not ace combat. You don't. You don't jump in a jet and get to pull nine G's and hit the afterburner all the way as you twist around and fire 90 missiles. Like this is so real last night. Like I got into an F-16 a, a new F-16, a block 60 with aim nine X's. I had to FaceTime a Lieutenant Colonel. That's a fighter weapons grad with the Viper and, <laughs> and show him the cockpit and and he step by step tells me what buttons to push so I could at least get the aim nine X queued up in the HUD and get and, and and attack and fire. But yes, I had to call on a real colonel in the Air Force to walk me through step by step how to get the aim nine queued. <laughs> that is such a ridiculous level of realism. I, I've seen the videos of the guys who like you'll have like actual air traffic controllers. Yeah. Like get in that game That's and, a do, and, and do air traffic control. You can you can buy that service too. There are air traffic controllers that uh, for an hourly wage will will practice all your calls with you over these simulators. So if you're going through pilot training and you want to jump on the simulator for an hour or two hours, you can pay an air traffic controller that will sit on there digitally and give you calls. So you're 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 doing. Oh, this is training. a. This is serious. Oh yeah, this is a serious simulator. Completely like this is real. I did not know. Oh yeah, I like, had, I you had get, zero idea. You dive into the into the flight simulation world, like Microsoft Flight Simulator and X Plane. Like that is a whole subculture. I mean, there's guys that are fantastic simulator pilots, like to the T, but have never flown a real airplane. But I mean, that's what they do. There are guys that will go and sit at that desk. And fly a Boeing 747 from JFK Airport to London and sit through the whole thing. And, like, that's their bag, you know? That's that's their... That's, that's what they like to do with their time. That's what they that's, like to do. That's what... They, <laughs> that's, that's their life. That's You know what? Everyone likes different things. Oh, I, I didn't know this either. There's a subculture... <laughs> there is a subculture of fanatics out there that attempt to visually see every uh, tail, they collect tail numbers for aircraft. So here's, yeah. how, here's how I came across this, is I'm getting on a flight and I see three British dudes that are, that are talking with accents and they have binoculars and, and booklets. 
and they are, we are taxiing and they are looking through binoculars out the window and they're calling each other tail numbers as they're writing them all down. And I, I'm, I'm like, finally like, Hey, I, I told the flight attendant, I was like, something fucking wonky's going on over there. You got guys with binoculars, they're recording shit. Like, is anyone, is anyone going to say anything right now? And then, and then that's when she like went over and talked to him and she came back. She's like, Oh no, this is like a, it's like a game. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, it's an online community where it's a, it's a, it's a collection of how many, you know, you, you have all the registered tail numbers of aircraft in the world. And now these guys go out and try and physically see and record all the ones that they can. And it's like, it's a T it's like, it's like fucking dungeons and dragons, but for fucking flight nerds, like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's called, but I just know that I thought I was part of a terrorist plot until I was, I was brought into the, Hey, there's a subculture and a, and a, and a want for everything. Bunch of well-dressed, uh, dressed, you know, British dudes. Fine <laughs> binoculars. Some type of terror. Yeah, pea coats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You, All right. So. There, there's, some, there's, there's something for everybody. Exactly. Um, you started as an enlisted man. I did. Ooh, I tell did. Us, tell us all about that. When did that go down? I would. I would love to. I mean. I mean. Before we 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 go here, you know, what is the classification level of this podcast? You know, are we at a we at like a a secret? We at like a. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if we're allowed to classify the podcast secret. <laughs> I mean. I mean, you and I could argue that. Like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we're controlling who downloads it. So I'm going to go unclass to keep oh, us from is... getting phone calls. We're going to go unclass. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I started as, a, as an enlisted guy. Um, came in, uh, went through basic training in uh, 2013. Um, basic training being the biggest waste of time for anybody going so, into any type of battlefield position. I was in basic training 10 years before that. <laughs> Okay, I mean, so we're we're dating ourselves at this point. To be clear, I just I don't feel that old. I still feel like a child. I feel like everybody else is an adult, and I'm still a child. But then, when you say that, I mean, I no, that's okay. You're you're still a child. I'm like a I'm like a newborn fetus. I just on the ground, just a basic training flight in 2008 as an instructor. That was still five years. I don't like this. This this conversation makes me deeply uncomfortable right now. All right. So you hated basic training. uh, That was an eight week. That was an eight week program, by the way. You had it was an eight and a half week program at the time. Or it might have been nine. I'm not sure. You know, to be honest, I the only thing that I remember about it is uh, and I think they're still trying to rectify this, but you go through basic training and you know, at that time, there was no prep after you got out of basic training. You went straight into the pipelines. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the problem was you're going through basic training and your your PT consists of nothing, uh, you know, 30 minutes in the morning. Yeah, nothing. And then uh, because you're a battlefield, they'd be like, all right, before you hop into this class, do a couple pull ups. You're good. 20, yeah. 2013, and, you guys were post the giant roll up of all the MTIs, part of the big scandal. So like. TIs were not allowed at the three thirty worst. <laughs> I was there. I was there during a lot oh, of God. this. By the way, 
Yeah, so when I was pushing the flight, one of the uh, one of the brother flights uh, instructor supervisor mm-hmm. was dating his prior dorm chief, and then one of the, the oh, one God. of the TIs that that I was with um, was was dating a a student that had just entered tech school as well, like. It was a lot of shady shit, and I saw. I was just kind of like, "Dude, you guys are fucking weird." All right, whatever. Like, because I was there because I was in. Man, trouble. this is why we can't have nice yeah. things. I was there because I was in trouble, so I was like, "Yeah, eh, whatever." Like, <laughs> whatever. Do your thing. So yes. Well, so but uh, the response of that was the wing came mm-hmm. down and essentially removed all disciplinary training annexes that said a uh, training instructor can make you do push-ups, he can make you run laps, he can do x y and z and and so that like yes it led to a dip because i had just left the schoolhouse uh in late mm-hmm. 2012 so i was no longer an instructor then but yes it led to a dip of physical capabilities of guys coming from basic training straight into the pipeline schools because they weren't working out like they were to get ready oh yeah absolutely i mean uh you know you're going into the to these to the past you know and you need to have you know, fairly decent numbers you need to be an athlete and just completely incapable but anyhow so that was my only problem with basic I mean, besides that you know you, i understand you got to go through the, the the intro stuff and you got to learn all that did you sign a contract for seer going in or were you recruited during basic uh no i can't i came in for my for my job beforehand well actually funny story I actually came in like many others, like pretty much every other seer guy at the time for pararescue originally. Okay. So came in, um, went, you know, gave that two shots. Uh, I suck at underwater, so that was a total no go. And then um, came out, got my, uh, got a, was lucky enough to pick up a seer contract. I had no idea what it was about. They're like, the guy had no idea. He was like, I'm yeah, they're uh, like behind any lines uh like weird seer stuff i don't know and i was like what like this, this doesn't is a sound weird right description like I, <laughs> and at the t- at, yeah well at the time you're you're kind of you're kind of in iphone territory but there's no internet at, the, at those dorms and like that so i kind of picked it up i was like just anything besides getting security forces and yeah. uh went into seer uh went through that selection um got picked up went to fairchild went through team and then uh and then had a really wonderful career over uh, as a seer specialist up until I uh, moved over to TACP. Where were you? Were you? Did you stay at Fairchild? I did. Yeah, okay. I stayed at Fairchild um, and had a great time. Uh, I think the coolest uh, thing about about it was is that I was able to get in as one of the uh, demo jumpers. Seer has uh, kind of this unknown but really awesome jump program. Wow. So I ended up just jumping in like. You know, you guys were smart eight, at 12 times a week, adding a bunch of things to your CFE TP early on before all of us figured that out, that if you put it in there, that, exactly. meant, that, that meant you had to get the schools to be a seven level. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like a requirement. So I got to I got to do a whole lot of static line jumping. Um, I mean, not as much as some people. I got 50 jumps in, but I mean, that's a lot for, for static line for, for many people. And uh, so I got a lot of experience there and did a lot of fun courses you know all the interesting stuff you get to do out there yeah and uh it was a really good time it was a really good time and it was really good uh prep but plus for, you got uh, your you got your trying to you went to bic you got your instructor cert 
Mm-hmm. Probably you probably nailed all your yep. hours for your for your internship. Mm-hmm. So you've got your mm-hmm. you've got your degree in in instructing in military science. You know that's a benefit mm-hmm. as well. Like, it, it, you are a teacher. It, it was it was it was awesome. I am a certified Air Force instructor. I got my little instructor cookie. Yeah. Still still I got, there. I got one of those. Too. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> I know you do. I know. How do you like Vic? By the way, it was really funny. Um, because we yeah. were we were still in BDUs, and so uh, okay. day day one, I showed up fully sanitized, just name tape stripes and and a PC, and nice. And I, I was that. I was hungover, like so. And then like literally a na- <laughs> a navy dude next to me that's like uh, an E six is like, man, you you smell like booze. I'm like, so shut up. Like we're at Bic. Who gives a shit? Like, leave me alone. And uh, you know, they go around the room doing introductions. And I told, uh, you know, there was this very like right when I came in, I was really glad I did what I did because there was this very loud uh, vehicle guy that had done one. Mm-hmm. He'd done one convoy trip, convoy security for the Air Force. So. He was Mr. Mm-hmm. Com- he was Mr. Combat for the first day. Everything was a well nice. in, in combat, in combat, on the battlefield, in combat. Like and when they get to me for my introduction, I was like, Oh, I'm a I'm a PR guy. I I like I, I do broadcast, I work a camera. They're like, Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And so day like, two Oh, cool cameras, yeah. Day two is service dress. And now I walk in at, it was 2008. I think I had like 26 ribbons or some obnoxious good, bullshit good like God. this. Yeah. And I've got my, my shiny jump boots on, bloused and a beret. And I've got my combat action badge, my jump wings, my seven level badge. Like, like I'm walking in stacked and immediately fucking loud Big dick energy coming in yeah loud loud vehicle guy all of a sudden slumps in his chair and is like oh shit i'm about to eat every everything i said yesterday is gonna come back to bite me in the ass and then the and then the navy dude that was giving me shit was like he leads in he's like god damn boy what you some kind of war hero <laughs> like, oh god here we go and uh and I remember it was it was really funny because so loud vehicle guy of course is like as soon as class starts and we've got a younger instructor so she's like having fun with us and stuff like that he like yells across the class he's like I thought you were some yeah, camera yeah. operator I was like uh, and I just kind of like like side eye him. I'm like, no, nah, I just like to hang out in a room and see what kind of dope stories people will tell. And I look right at him and see him. <laughs> he like, he kind of judders up and he goes, what's that V on your metal? I ain't never seen that before. I'm like, Oh God, nothing. It's, it's it means, oh, it, means, it means vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, something Classic. stupid. So then like, yeah. So then for my 10 minute, like you're, when you go to basic instructor course for the Air Force, the very first thing you have to do is you have to teach a class on, on uh-huh. for 10 minutes. 
and my 10 minute. Yeah. And, and again, like, so when she gives us the assignment, because Bic is mostly just you doing PowerPoint by yourself and then briefing a, a room for, sure. for four weeks. And so oh, yeah. I'm like, so we can pick any topic you, we want. She's like, anything that you can teach somebody to do for 10 minutes, pick what you want. I'm like, okay, so anything. She's like, yeah. So my, <laughs> my 10 minute was how to successfully cheat on your spouse during a TDY. I made everyone so uncomfortable (laughs) because I'm like, I'm like talking about burner phones and like, and how to, how to log, you know, girls phone numbers in a green book via grids using their initials and a 10 digit (laughs) grid is a phone number now. And you put it inside a nine line, like, and like she is turning bright red during the whole, and I get done and she's like, I'm I'm now QCing your topics from now on. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and like and of course loud loud homeboy as I like finish, I'm going to my seat. He's like, man, that's pretty fucked up. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah if you, you if you use my lesson, I'm just teaching you. <laughs> <laughs> well dude, you bring up an awesome point because um there is nothing like having the Navy guy there and stuff. There is nothing funner than going to schools that are inter-service. Oh my God. Anything inter-service is so much fun, dude. Because Marines want you to conform to all their rules and I do not. So I drive them fucking crazy. Like, like I remember at jump school, they're like, you can't, you can't call him. You can't call him, sir. You have to call him captain. I go, you have to call him captain. I can call him whatever the fuck I want. What's he going to do to me? <laughs> and they're like, God damn, man, Air Force don't got discipline. Fuck y'all. <laughs> when, when, I, uh, when I show up at Airborne, uh, so, you know, Sear Specialists have that giant freaking arch, you know, that says yeah. Sear Specialists. It's a, it's a scroll. So, yeah. The scroll. The scroll. And so um, I'm sitting there, and this Army kid's next to me. And this is my first interaction with the Army at this point. This guy looks at me, and you know, you're sitting in that stupid room with your folder waiting to get assigned. And he looks over and he goes, it's like him and a couple of the army guys. He goes, hey, dude, what's uh, what's SEER stand for? And I'm like, and I look over and I didn't even think about it. I'm like, uh, Space Exploration Reconnaissance Engineer, like as a joke. And he was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, and he's like, what the fuck? He's like, what do you do? I'm like, I, I jumped from space, dude. And he's like, no way. And so, dude, that was a story for a solid day. These kids fucking believed. Oh, yeah. That the was young, something about the space. Like, space the weather guys, I when I was like, going through, were telling all the army kids that they were in-flight missile repairmen. <laughs> like, hey, dude, sometimes the missile breaks after it leaves the jet, and I got to fix it. And they're like, holy shit. You need a parachute for that? Look, yeah. I, was, I, <laughs> it, it, I can't believe what these, what these kids would do. We were, um, we were like waiting. You know when you're all jocked up in that stupid shed for you yeah. know, 12 hours waiting to jump and all that kind of stuff? So they brought us out to like give us food because we'd been jocked up for God knows how long. And so we were throwing rocks, and this army kid rock, walked by, and we we're like, "Hey, uh, army kid, like try to catch our rocks when we throw them." So we started hucking rocks at this kid, yeah. But me and a couple of like controller dudes, and we're like hucking these, we're like nailing this kid in the stomach and stuff. And this uh, MT like yells at me, he's like, "Stop, stop letting them throw rocks at you!" And like they pulled him <laughs> off to the side, and he was like, "He's like, listen, man, he's like, don't let the Air Force throw." <laughs> rocks at you okay it's not <laughs> these kids 
these kids are just killing me, dude. These kids are just killing me. <laughs> I love them though. I love the. I love working at the army. So they are the hardest are workers. Are you but... telling me that as a tac P, you've never played the, you've never played the spy plane game with the army? I I have not. And, and to be clear, I'm a very new tac P. So you got you got to fill me in right here. All right. So next time you were on an exercise, uh, okay, like a, a a JRTC an NTC uh, a, a JFX whatever the whatever it is that you're doing with the army staff, like okay. you 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 pre you pre you preload them like a couple days prior. Like, hey guys, okay, okay. two days from now we've got a U a U two spy plane that's going to be up at at eighty two thousand oh, yeah. feet taking pictures for reconnaissance for us. Uh, so if you guys yeah. want to get uh, like a company picture or anything. I, I once he's overhead, I could just get him to snap the picture. So you get an entire <laughs> fucking company of guys out to look up to the sky while you're on the fucking headset, and I'm just walking around like, yeah, 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 you got him. Okay, zoom in. Yeah, zoom in like a closer shot, like and then, and then get to. All right, everybody, look up, wave. All right, he's taking it right now. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, you get that one? You get that one? Okay, okay, okay. Now get like a wide shot so you could see the whole camp. All right, everybody, everybody do like a cool pose. He's getting a wide shot. <laughs> and then and then the staff, the staff will ask you for these pictures for the next like three weeks. They'll be like, he could, oh, dude, it's, it's film. Like they got to they gotta download it from the jet and then they got to develop it and then they'll load it. And then they'll send me a link once it's all loaded. Dude, I still have army dudes asking me for them damn spy plane pictures. <laughs> and I'm so just like, hey, how many, how many of you dum-dums can I give outside to look up at the sky? <laughs> how, many, how many guys did you get out? How many, how many guys are we talking here? Oh, I got a whole company. That's incredible. Yeah. Three, three, did, three you... full platoons. I told the company commander in the first sergeant. <laughs> I'm like, you guys want a group photo? Yes. <laughs> I just no gave way, you a works. new. I just gave you a new game to play. That's. Uh, I'm gonna have to play that game. Yes, I mean, and I want you to. I want you to take pictures of of it happening. Because all you have to do is I'm have. Going, all you have to do is have your headset on, and you you know what to say from there. Just just go. Just, just go. You with can it. even Run have one of the fucking babies back in the talk just talking to you through like VHF or something oh, like God. that. Like, psh, yeah, 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 hang on. Can you tell that guy to the. Uh, to the north that he needs to scoot in. Hey, hey, scoot in, scoot in. He's he's got a good shot. Just scoot in. <laughs> well, you have you have a pretty storied tradition of of fucking with the army, though. I feel this. You're like a, a professional. Should we, dare we that, say that is something that yes. I mean, I was trained by the best. Um, a man named Sven Jorgensen, who was the mm -hmm. cream decor of messing with the U.S. Army. He told a two-star Army general that he went through Ranger School online. Uh, <laughs> and that, yeah, that he had to, uh, he had to, he had to clear out a whole room in his house to do it because he needed to create a patrol base and practice PLFs and all this other stuff. So, I mean, no way. he was the master at it and it just carried over. It was like, God. it became a fun game of like, you know, my last warfighter when I was with the seventh ASOS that I did in a warfighter is like, especially a warfighter with first armor division. It's like, okay, who really cares about this? Um, mm -hmm. I, once I realized they didn't care that a JTAC was there and they weren't going to utilize me professionally, 
I, I started, mm-hmm. I was on night shift. So I started going around to every section in the core jock and saying, Hey, uh, did you guys want to sign up for the chopper rides? You're like chopper rides. I'm like, yeah, they're landing a couple Chinooks here on the last day of the exercise. People that haven't gotten to ride in a chopper <laughs> yet. You can go through. Oh, yeah. 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 So I like I'm writing people's <laughs> names down. And then I built a slide for the cub about the chopper ride slide. Like everybody that was signed no, up. Didn't. Oh, hell yeah, I did. <laughs> like, I mean, you're talking you're talking to a guy that during a salve at the schoolhouse when they came by my office, even though I was instructed not to talk to the inspectors, I had them in- inspect my elevator safety program. <laughs> oh, <God>. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. So you you were a seer guy so, for a while. You did a lot of jumping. At what point were you like, fuck mm-hmm. fuck it, I want to go to AAA? You know, um, I went to uh, an exercise. I don't think it, it exists anymore. Well, no, it's been changed. So it used to be Angel Thunder back in the day, if you remember that. And uh, I think it's Red Flag Rescue or whatever now. And uh, went there and uh, ran into a, uh, a tacky and a, an attack the officer at that event. Ooh. And uh, just, dude, you know what? Here's the funniest thing. They asked me the exact same thing when I went through uh, selection for it, AAA, and I couldn't even remember his name, which is the funniest part about it. But uh, he was super cool, dude, super chill. And he was like, you should come over to attack the, be attack the officer. I was like, huh, and researched it and seemed freaking cool and talked and then i got to lincoln and talked to a couple guys about it and that was it man put in my package and that's awesome got sent off to triple a it was a good time do so, you, well, do you remember is, who is your triple a instructors were was uh zach atkinson one of i them? i do I, I do remember um a couple of them specifically i'm not i'm not sure am i supposed to say names here uh you could say last names <laughs> uh giovarelli okay yeah that's, yeah, one, of, that's one of my really, really, really good friends. Uh, he's actually been a guest on Drinking Bros before. Um, has he? He is yeah. a wonderful person, and and I hope he has told his Sear stories because he is a legend at oh, the Sear Schoolhouse to this day. Me. I know all, like, we call him Tommy the Kid. Uh, so old Tommy, <laughs> Tommy the Kid has, has stayed with me out in Wilmington uh, for a number of days uh, for us to catch mm-hmm. up on all his antics and he is he is he is one of those alos that is that is that is as good as they come he's one of the true tac p he is officers. a he is a good he's a he's freaking hilarious and we still talk about him at the sears schoolhouse and then uh sure enough when i got off that bus at triple a he recognized me the minute i stepped <laughs> off that bus just remember me from sears <laughs> that's too good so it, it was it was a really good time. It was a really good time. He's a great guy. I hope to link in with him soon. That was super super fun. But uh, yeah, you know, so it was from there from there, and then of course, you know, being a seer guy, I had a lot of interaction with tactics, uh, tactics yeah. officers. As I, uh, yeah, took those were the, the fun program. classes for super, you, dude. Always a good time and always super chill and just dude. They were always playing pranks and. We had uh, Seer kids, uh, sorry, Tac P kids. You know, we uh, when we like, you know, go out and try to find you guys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we have our vehicles parked. They broke into our vehicle, took all of our food, and then locked our keys in the vehicle. So when we got back looking for them. <laughs> our, our food was all gone. They'd eaten all of it. Left wrappers, and the and the car was locked. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Just so incredible. Good. Just incredible. 
So I I just loved uh, I loved the kids. I loved like the attitude of all the tactics and uh, you know coming over to the tactics crypto was like just amazing. You know, hey, and you lucked out on an it's assignment been, too it's because been a good time. because your assignment is a is an awesome first assignment. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I feel super lucky to be where I'm at. I mean, first off, you posted that uh, that uh, that nice little infographic about Joe Exotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You see, you see how you see, you see how you get all of them. Like, like the TACP group. There for for those of you at home, like we have this this TACP group on Facebook that you got to be a TACP to be in. But it's like nobody really engages in there ever unless we start talking no. shit. So it's like I'm I took all the characters of Tiger King and I related them to certain ASOSs, which is the attack P units, and I lined them up perfectly. Oh, because by the way, like one of your predecessors that is now uh up at the at, at what recently used to be the two four STS he he was the one that made you got that made the fifth ASOS Carol Baskins, and it's because the oh. fifth always was like acting like like they were the the rich proper kid, but they were really always just the same thing. So that that's why I labeled the fifth as Carol Baskins because they always held their nose up, but were like, dude, you guys are the same dirt bags. Like you burned down your fucking dorm, the dorm gazebo on McCord and you all got kicked out of the dorms because you were shooting the fucking, uh, the fluorescent bulbs out of a compound bow over the building at each other. <laughs> You're the same. What's that? It's that pack ass money, man. It's that pack ass money. It's just the same degenerates. <laughs> Classic, I, it, dude. It, it started a fire. Did you see that uh, weirdest? Uh, okay, so you know how people uh, will will say, you know, I'm a Navy SEAL or something like that. They're not Navy SEALs, and it's like, okay, yeah. you know, I could see like faking. Be I had a guy um, uh, fake being attacked B to me, and it was the most bizarre situation of my entire life because I'm like, nobody hates attack B like attack B. First off, but uh, but that's this, this that's guy, so quick. Uh, it's Oh, what class were you? Uh, six one three. Okay, you weren't attack P. <laughs> you know, it, it was super quick because he was like, "Oh yeah, I was a radio guy, and then I got uh, pulled over to attack P." I was like, "Oh, cool, man, attack P. That's awesome." When uh, what was your class number? He goes, "Oh, I don't remember." I'm like, "Okay, well, what was your like, you know, your hawk or falcon?" And he's like, uh, "I don't know." I'm like, "What ASOS were you at?" He goes, "Well, I was special. They didn't put me in ASOS. I, I kind of like did like three week tours there." I'm like, You're "Like what? Huh? The fuck are you talking?" About? I was like. I'm like this doesn't uh this is, this is I mean like I had me. I was like I had a bunch of guys in Sumter I was TDY to Shaw and there was obviously this group of young I mean this was this was when I was in there was this group of young like Air yeah. Force dudes and like they finally started talking to me and I was like they're like what do you do in the Air Force oh, I'm attack P they're like no you're not yeah yeah I am like what? Who, the, who the fuck fakes being attack P they're like yeah right man and I'm like. <laughs> I pull out my 14th CMR coin, which is the jump wings that you get yeah. when you get CMR. I'm like, look, dude, like I'm, what the fuck do you want? Like, I mean, I didn't have, there wasn't camera phones then. This was like 2006. So they're like, yeah, yeah man, anybody could get that coin, but I doubt you're attack P. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> what, what am I, what am I supposed to say? But it, it's like, there's just not that many tactics. Like there's like when it comes to the Air Force and, and kind of their their programs, there's not a lot of us. So yeah, it's but like, when you have two gonna... guys that don't even know the program, like how am I gonna 
Like, yeah, dude, I was at Herbert Field. I'm Eagle <laughs> 6'2". Like, uh, here are my instructors. Like, but you you don't know any of that. So none of me explaining this doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just, yeah, this is like, we're going to get nowhere. Especially 2006, man. man. God, you're old. It's I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. long ago. I remember <laughs> the first time I did get a camera on a phone, I sunk a Humvee up to its roof in mud and water. And I took a picture of that. I don't know where it is, but. That's not, that's a picture that you need to find. I yeah. don't know where yeah. this phone is, but I'm, <laughs> I mean, where, where did you go? Where did you? I think you missed you missed your old opsoup, who's one of my best friends, and his uh, his name is Jimbo Spreeder, old James Spreeder. I did. I've used his uh, I've used his name in a lot of vet TV productions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he used to be the opsoup up there, and and him and I grew up together in the career field, and he's he's a riot. He's now up at the oh, Pentagon. that's awesome. He's at the Pentagon doing big, you know, nine e nine stuff. Big things, yeah, doing good whatever, things. Whatever it is they do now, you know. Which, by the way, that colonel I called uh, last night to help me on the F-16 when I told him that the old Spreeder was up at the Pentagon making decisions, he was like, you're fucking kidding me. (laughs) 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 You're like, focus, I need to learn how to pull up missiles. It's fun. It's fun that, like, you know, half my friends are running the career field. The other half have lost their mind due to, you know, combat fatigue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> such, such i mean we were we were talking about this we were talking about this uh it was two days back about you know you get out and you're doing this and your boys who stayed in i mean they did the full 20 and they're they're at the top now yeah i would like the be, guys running things i would have just in february i would have hit 17 years yeah 17 years so God. i'd be cresting you know Hoping, looking. You did, you did, you did guard for a little bit, didn't you? I did guard for yeah, from 2014, and then I finally ETS'd uh, December of 2017. God, so three done. three years of guard. Uh, that was nice. a great. That was a great decision. I loved it. I mean, that really helped us from what we were doing. My guard unit was yeah. was absolutely the best. I had the best leadership. I had the best. That that was the best squadron I'd ever been in. Everybody liked each other. Nobody fucking talk shit about each other they all had a blast everybody had you know a real job so it was like when you came to put on all your tack piece shit everybody was like it was like excitement it was like oh we get to go do this for the weekend you know and the commander was always yeah. amped his name was rad geikus he was an ex-kiowa pilot like he was the coolest, the dude coolest name ever ever yeah rad r-a-e-d that's so sick and what a great name. Yeah. And like, I remember my first drill where, mm-hmm. you know, we're up, we're up in the, we're doing commander's call first and he's like rifling through a bunch of papers. He's like, ah, oh, we're supposed to do that. That's gay. No, that's dumb. God, the air force does some <laughs> dumb things. That's dumb. That's dumb. Uh, and then he like looks at our like personnel girl. He goes, Hey, will you just sign everybody off on, on, on this fucking stupid shit we're not gonna we're not gonna sit in here and do this This is dumb she's like yeah yeah yeah, i got you like (laughs) and and then he's like and then he like looks up and he's like oh hey guys uh, it's good to see you all it's like i'm in the right place (laughs) finally i'm in the right place (laughs) incredible it's incredible but it was like (laughs) the best the best way that i can explain what it was like going from active duty to guard in the TACP career field is after my first weekend of my first drill, 
I realized that the guard ASOS was what I thought an ASOS was in my head when I was a student. Mm -hmm. That's what I had envisioned attack P unit being like was this close, tiny teams of just hoodlums. Cause I used to explain this to the students when I was an instructor, cause all the students would always ask me, what's the difference between us and combat control? And I'd say, well, mm -hmm. combat control, you think of them like the NFL. You've got offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. You've got all the support. You've got all this equipment. Everything is tailored to make sure that you are ready to go on game day, that you are the most fucking trained and prepared that you could possibly be, and you're set up with everything, and then you're going to go do the mission for, for SOCOM, and you're going to do it amazingly because you have all the support and stuff like that. And I was like, tack peas are like, you know, the, the local rugby team. We meet up, you know, once a week, maybe we're partially drunk. We still play a sport. Uh, <laughs> we do it. We do the game. Yeah, we do the game. Be clear. We do it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> all, all the potential kids listening, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I mean, I remember, uh, I remember being at the 14th as a young kid and, uh, and one of the heavier set guys came in last on a flight line run. And one of the like gazelle runner guys was like, uh, he made a comment. Like he was like, Oh, Hey bro. Uh, ain't nobody, ain't nobody winning. If you can't max out your PT test or something like that. And he goes, Hey, yeah, I ain't never fallen out of a ruck and I'm attack P. So that means I'm enough in shape to get the fucking job done. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fucking just laughing. Classic, like classic. It, it was the funniest, like between that and like, I saw one of our guys was getting, was getting smoked by one of our legends. And, uh, he was nice. a very scary individual. His name was buddy MacArthur back. He's one of the first soft tack peas, uh, in the early nineties when they, when they shredded out and oh, created wow, okay. the ASOFs, which, uh, the 22nd ASOF used to be located on Bragg that supported third and seventh special forces group. And buddy MacArthur was one of the first selectees to go into that realm. Uh, he also, you know, was one of, went through Ranger school as an E3, you know, probably in the mid sixties, you know, I'm waiting for him to throw, Dang. to throw a rock at me once he hears this. I'm just kidding. Like he's not that old, but, uh, yeah, he was smoking up one of these guys that was a real smart ass and, and, and buddy was a runner and he's like, he's like, I've, I've, I've run circles around you kid. And he goes, yeah, Sergeant. Well, that's because I wasn't chased a lot as a kid. <laughs> and I saw Buddy get so frustrated and like almost explode. And it was just, it was one of those time frames where you're just like, oh man, that was perfect. You know, and I, dude, and that, that right there just seals it. Like, that's what I love about the, uh, about Tactics, man. Like, it, it is, it is a close knit community. You know, it is a good community. Like, I, I love the, all the guys I've met in this, in this career field. Like, it's just incredible. It's fun. You know? It is. It really is fun. I mean, I know a lot of the new the new stuff. I I really wish that I could take you back when I came in because to say that it was different, mm. it was definitely different. Like Oh, I'm sure. Our, I mean, the 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 pace alone of deployments was different compared to It was to now. that too, but also you know? like as an E3, you could disappear for a week as long as you were training, nobody 
There was no, I need a con up. I need you to rent a range. I need you to do this. Like we would check out our weapons, take our tack kits and be gone Monday morning. And we wouldn't come home until Friday morning where we'd wash the trucks and leave early. And we would just sleep out in the field on a DZ. We would nav, we would, Mm -hmm. we would do radio checks. We'd set up antennas. We, I mean, we would camp with all of our military gear. Like, and we would play manhunt. Like, uh, so we would take the C spot three, the thermals, Mm -hmm. the night vision. And we would, we would, we would give ourselves boundaries and be like, okay, it's, Four versus four versus four. Go. <laughs> oh, incredible. <laughs> so much fun. Did, did you guys ever play with the UTMs or anything back then? Or was that? Before? No, was we that, didn't. Uh, we didn't have time? we didn't have UTMs, but we we got into Airsoft pretty big around the 2006, nice. seven time. And that's when, yeah, we would nice. we would just take all the gear out, set up, and then we go fight each other with Airsoft. Classic. What? Are, <laughs> you know, it. That sounds amazing. So, I mean, we're all using the UTMs now. Have you, have you played with the UTMs at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, always a good time. I mean, I, I swear to God, there's no way to get those markings out of your uniforms. Like, <laughs> once, they, once they hit, that chalk is there. I, I remember I was driving through the gate uh, maybe about a month ago, and I came through, and the, the chick, I could see all these marks, upper chest of UTMs. I was like, hey, bad day. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get smoked by an m4 on the way it's just like yeah it's just now like you have to go through so much red tape you know you have to have the plan the con yeah the safety officer like back then dude it was it was four e3s rolling around in a in a in a humvee with their weapons and all their equipment just up to no good i mean me and my buddy who's now you know an op superintendent uh combat controller like we used to, we used to do what we called red flag hunting. So because when we were in BDUs, we wore the army patches and mm-hmm. I had, I had, you know, we wore the 82nd patch on our left and I had an 18th airborne core combat patch that I could wear. So that mm-hmm. kind of umbrellaed pretty much any unit that's going to be training on the Bragg range. So we would look for a red flag on a range and we'd show up with our weapons. We're like, Hey, we're your tack piece. Who are you guys? They're like, Oh, we're third brigade. We're like, yeah, we're third brigade tack piece. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) And they would dude. they would give us ammo and we would shoot like him and I stumbled onto a like five day mount course by doing that. Like we rolled up. We were like, what are you guys doing? They're like, Oh, we're doing this mount training. We're like, yeah, that's what they told us to come here for. Like we were just like (laughs) going along with it. They're like, Oh really? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're your tack piece. They're like, oh, badass. All right. You're in this stick. Perfect. Sweet. And we learned CQB and mount. (laughs) Just rolled right into that. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Chasing flags, man. Chasing flags. That's what we do. Okay. So now now you you went into the guard when you did that. You kind of started doing more media at that point, correct? No, no, no. So I was doing doing the media when I was at the schoolhouse. And that was, uh, that started around 2008. Um, When I went into the guard, it was it was actually a very very odd circumstance is our cfm had released me because upon right a year before i was going to leave the schoolhouse the current agao commander wanted to create a position for me at the agao that was uh like tacp public relations and they were okay. going to create that position just for me for me to to work on branding tacp and getting tacp out into 
the the world of of okay how yeah, do we awesome. make sure everybody brings knows in this? more candidates yeah so so that commander had left before i went up for orders and when i went up for orders and i called the agao they were like yeah we don't know anything about that we're not doing that so so i then put it out on the romad locator back then cuz that's how we all used to communicate was charlie Heidel's website called romad.com and i mm-hmm. said who wants me because there was a split in the career field of people that didn't like me because i was always on the internet and holding yep. and holding a camera and waving the tac p flag saying look at tac p look at tac p look at tac p look at tac p because as an instructor yep. i knew what kind of recruiting hurdles we needed to get over um yeah and if i went to the wrong unit i could have easily been forced forced out they would have found a way or a reason to yeah. because i wasn't going to stop so if somebody was like oh you can't do this anymore i'd be like well i'm gonna and that would eventually have been my demise in the military <laughs> so i just went yeah. out and i said who wants me at their unit and one of my good buddies that was the op superintendent of the seventh day sauce chimed right away his name is michael shropshire he's one of our silver star recipients <laughs> One of my one of my okay. favorite little buddies. Uh, he's like, I want you mm-hmm. at the seventh. I was like, okay, done. That was the first person that raised their hand. If I'm going to a unit where the people want me, I'm I'm gonna survive. So yeah, you're gonna have a good time. I base a preference to El Paso, and kind of oh, stood mm-hmm. up my media shop there and just kept moving forward with the, you know, obviously I do a lot of stuff for every unit I've been in, you know, I've remade their patches, their logos, their coins. Mm-hmm. Like I go in and I do the whole branding thing with the squadrons nice. and, then, and, and, and that makes the leadership really happy. It kind of gives me some leeway when it comes to like, Hey, can mm-hmm. we use this MRAP? <laughs> um, so yeah i was doing a bunch of i i had shot a bunch of recruiting posters at the seventh right when i first got there that the afr picked up right away and they used them for a while and uh so oh, that cool. that made them happy and and everything and then you know i had that that little cow incident you know the cattle gate of 2000 the cow incident the cow incident <laughs> the cow incident it's very it's very famous by the way <laughs> it's one of the yeah it was uh it was actually brought up um recently in the agao uh meeting as one of the most historical events of the the gwat supposedly i'm like when when somebody is it really when for, somebody for told me that they briefed that I go are you guys just ignoring all the cool shit everybody does overseas or is that just become like stagnant <laughs> for you that our guys are just that that heroic that you have to focus on my cow incident as on the cow them. incident yeah. <laughs> I mean it's game game changing uh, was uh, when you were at the seventh was uh, was Bunkley there absolutely are you kidding yeah. Well, Bunkley was one of my oh, students. Dude, I love that guy. You know, um, yeah, great guy. A complete knucklehead, but I love him. <laughs> yeah. uh, he just uh, he just he went through uh, Ranger. He just got his Ranger tab. Yeah, did he not? yeah, he's just doing recently. great, and he's yeah. he's, a, he's a mixed martial he's artist. Awesome. Like the dude, the dude's fucking crushing it when it comes to tech P stuff. He, yeah, he's great. Like he was so he was one of my students, and then he worked directly for me at the seventh uh, inside training flight. Um, so, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I had I had old, old Bunkley with me. 
uh, for a while. So I know him well. Yeah, he was, Bar- like the, cat, he was the first cat. person I hung out with when I moved to San Antonio, too. Um, oh, really? But, yeah, the cow incident happened. That kind of put me – I mean, it kind of put me on a weird radar, but then also, too, like at that point, I had been in for 10 years um, mm-hmm. – the current group commander of the third ASOG was an, a person that I had worked for since he was a major. So he ran into me in Vegas like two weeks after the cow thing went down. He's like, hey, what the fuck? Because we were, we, were, uh, <laughs> we were at like a, a, a web tech or something like that. And the chief of the AGA was another you know close friend of mine that, that has since retired. Yeah. And they were like, hey, what the fuck? What the fuck is with this cow shit? Because they were my group. And I was like, Colonel yeah. Bell, I was like, Colonel Bell, like, honestly, like, it's so blown out of proportion. Like, I wish, I wish to God that the fucking OSI and the sheriffs would just talk to the rancher, give us the price of the cow. We'll we'll inflate the price. We'll all pay for it and then we'll be done with this. I go, this is okay, yeah, it was a stupid situation but does it need to become a month long investigation and all this other horse shit yeah. that's going on with it? I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, they came to our unit. OSI came to our unit with a dog team No way. with a dog team. What are you looking for? Why did we hide cow they- parts? Like, is this a cow <laughs> smuggling ring? Like, is it like they knew? And that's, that's what blows my mind is there's so much waste in in this fake bullshit because OSI is like, Oh my God, yeah. we have, we have the murder, the murder mystery of, of, of our year right here. We have to, we have to go, we have to go. <laughs> the cow, ham. The great like, cow event. So you're sweeping the squadron with a dog team because a cow was killed on an FTX. What are you, what are you amazing? What are you fucking finding? Like we're smuggling, <laughs> smuggling cow parts. Like, so it's just yeah, just and, sweet, and it was funny because I think that conversation I had with the chief and the colonel in Vegas mm-hmm. kind of changed their tune a little bit because I was just like, dude, are you serious? Like, are you surprised? Number one, that a young guy fucking shot yeah. a cow. Like, are are we surprised? Like, tech peas are fucking <laughs> retards. Like, we're <laughs> we're Mongols, and and yes. Ooh, so well, there's there's two there's two types of strategies. You're strong and you're smart. It's never <laughs> never bold. Yeah, and generally the smart ones work in para ops and upstairs in scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so yeah, it was just I think that kind of helped my case that I was always like I never placated into it, and I was kind of approaching yeah. the whole situation at a common sense level. And I think for whatever reason, the commander at the time, like, I mean, he, he wasn't giving me, he wasn't giving me shit about it. He was just like, okay, well, I mean, I ended up Not getting good. an LOR for it, but my LOR got expunged from my record because Congress voted to have it deleted. So there's No, that. they didn't. Did they really? Oh, I'll send you a picture after we get off the phone of oh my, my God. signed congressional letter of exoneration from the cow incident. <laughs> the legend grows deeper the legend grows deeper <laughs> incredible uh so i mean fuck, well, to make a long story long like the cfm had had then authorized me to palace chase and leave active duty early because the uh guard west coast recruiting command that was 
that was part of Washington State. The guy in charge of mm -hmm. that, the guy in charge of that command was really good friends with the chief of the 116th. And the chief of the 116th a year prior had said, hey, if we petition the governor for a position, an, a, an additional position in the guard recruiting, your recruiting squadron to be a battlefield airman recruiter, can we have that position and can we fill it? And the, the chief yeah. over there was like, absolutely. So the chief at the 116th petitioned, petitioned the state. They got this new billet created. And then I had applied and competed and, and won that position to be the entire West Coast Battlefield Airman recruiter for the Air National Guard. And at that time, that yeah. encompassed pararescue, combat control, EOD, TACP, and SEER. So I got to recruit mm -hmm. for all those career fields. And I had all these things lined up, ready to go. And everything was – and the guy that I was working for, the chief of that recruiting squadron, was the coolest dude on the planet. And he was like – all of my ideas, he was like, holy shit, I've never heard anybody try this. We're going to do this. Like I told him, I was like, dude, I'm going to fly to LA and I'm going to hold briefings inside LA SWAT and LA County and sheriffs. And I'm going to start, I'm going to places of people that are already tactical and I'm going to start recruiting them to be our operators. And he was yeah, like, perfect. this is a fucking great idea. So like I already had all these plans and shit like that. So him and I had had communication every week and November of 2017 mm -hmm. and November 3rd or of 2014, I ETS from the yeah. Air Force, turned my ID card in. I am done. I am out. Now my report date to Washington was December 3rd and okay. I get a pretty quick, pretty quick. Well, that's a month. It's 30 days. My, my, yeah. my, uh, my household goods and stuff were scheduled like two weeks from then to get picked up and I was going to move to Washington. Well, I get a phone call that day, November 3rd. And it's somebody I don't know. It's a senior master sergeant that introduces himself. And he's like, uh, he's, he's like, uh, I'm such and such. I'm now in charge of, of the recruiting debt out here in Washington. I was like, okay, where's, where's, where's the chief? And he's like, Oh, the chief, yeah. the chief died at his PT test. Oh God! And no I was way! Like, oh my God! Really? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He's like, he's like, oh. So anyway, like, where are you? And I was like, I'm in El Paso. He goes, well, you're supposed to be here today. I go, no, my report date is December third. And he goes, absolutely yeah. not. Like, uh, you need to be here today. And he started being an asshole to me. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, well, hey let me call you back in a minute. Like, cause again, I'm in El Paso right now. It's like noon. I literally just turned my ID card in and drove home. I was actually eating lunch with Leo Jenkins, the, uh, the Ranger author. Uh, he was in town for okay. a couple days. And, uh, so I call him back and I was like, couple questions real quick. Um, you're now in charge. He's like, yes. I go, I imagine I am no longer going to be the battlefield airman recruiter he goes oh no you're just a normal recruiter i'm like uh okay oh. and 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 here was it this was a deal too that i had worked out with the old guy that was in charge is that october that next october i had to film range 15 so i needed 30 days off and he approved yeah. he approved that upon like me coming he was like yes you will you will get that time to go do the movie 
I go, and I expect you won't yes. be you won't be giving me thirty days off next October. He goes, What? No, absolutely not. I'm like, I gotta film a movie. He's like, No, absolutely not. I go, Okay, I'll call you back. So I call the one sixteenth, <laughs> the the chief over there, and I was like, Hey, can you enlist me in the traditional guard right now? And he was like, Yeah. So they faxed me the paperwork. I sign it, <laughs> fax it over. We like do a FaceTime or, 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 or speakerphone call. I do the oath and then they stamp my shit. And so that guy calls back because I never call him back at like six o'clock. He's like, did you get a flight? Are you, yeah. you better be here tomorrow morning. I was like, oh no, I won't be there at all. He goes, excuse me. I go, yeah, uh, I enlisted in the traditional guard today um, with the 116th. And my boss is uh, this chief, so... You want anything, you can go ahead and call him. And this dude's like, rah, 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 hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how, how, he died? What is, what the, is life? The like that coolest is, dude that, is crazy. that had the greatest fucking, like, he had the most open mind to new ideas, which is what I need in, a, in leadership because new ideas is what I specialize yeah. in. And it was like, I, I had a well, dream. Yeah. I had a dream job lined up, and but I mean, blessing in disguise because literally later that, like like at the beginning of that month is when Evan had had started pressing us to to make coffee, and things kind of just uh, took a different a different turn then. This took off. What? Um, how come you never uh, went into the thirteen uh, Lima program? What made you uh, not do that? Well, I mean, a number of things. I, I do. I do not want to waste any time going to college anymore, ever. Um, yeah. So yeah. There, there's that. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I understand that. Want a four year degree, uh, and then number two, OCS. Like, I don't want to go to OCS. I'm not going to listen to a bunch of fucking like. I was, I I was a fucking tech instructor. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go and play these like yeah. stupid. Yeah, like, you're not gonna go back. Monday and then again, like it, they're not even like. Uh, also, too, it's like I don't agree with the way that they handle us to begin with. They would be like, "Oh, you got to go through AAA." What about yep. the 15 years I was a fucking TACP? There's my selection, dumbass. Like all of you know me. Do you <laughs> want me to be an officer or not? If you just say no, and then I just won't even try. But. To make me go back through AAA and that bullshit, that's just stupid. It's like, uh, it's it's an arbitrary selection process for somebody that obviously has been, that's been doing the job for fucking 15 years. What else, what what other more selection do you want? Yeah. (laughs) I do. Dude, and I hate to do a quick aside, but dude, you bring up a really good point with college, man. How many how many kids have you seen go the traditional college route when it wasn't even for them, but it's like a cultural norm expected? Dude, that's I mean, what blows my mind. My, too. You know that that college is like an expected thing. My disdain with it comes from the fact that I I got out of Tac P school. I went to jump school. I got out of jump school. I went to Sear, and I'm from Washington State. So yeah. upon me getting out of Sear and like walking out into your leave, your wrap, you know, your recruiter's assistance and your leave for yeah. the first time after going through basic training, TACP, jump, seer, I'm now on leave. All my friends are going to Washington State University. So I jump in a car, mm-hmm. roll over to Pullman 30 minutes later, and I spend a week out there and I watched yeah. 
what my friends were doing while I was doing what I was doing. And I was like, there's no fucking way. Just because you can do homework on arbitrary fucking subjects and you're going to write a paper on this historical Mm -hmm. event or this philosophy or this, I'm like, this translates to nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. Yes, it might cater to making you a legible writer to where you can formulate sentences and it works on your communication and your personal skills with people because you're still kept in a social setting. But when you compare the 24 year old me that had, that, that had been to combat twice at that point that both one, one an eight month trip, the second, a 10 month trip as uh, you know, my second trip being a JTAC, being a leader in a battalion and now you're going to show me my counterpart that went to high school with me that just got out of four years of college. You're going to tell me that guy possesses more education and leadership than me. No, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude. And isn't that, isn't it so hard to, it's, I'm very that anti the current, you know, that experience yes. is where it's at. I, I'm, I'm very anti like, our, the way that our rank structure works in the U.S. military is is outdated by a, a couple hundred years. Like, you know, we created the officer corps uh, based on at a different time. It, well, it was it was officers were educated people that could read and write that therefore could keep records, could maintain records, and could keep accountability of your soldiers. Like, all right, mm-hmm. well, now that that's over, why the hell haven't we graduated to a progressive rank structure and say, guess what? Everybody has to do two years upon two years. You know, look at the way Germany does it. Germany has, you know, seven enlisted ranks at your sixth rank. You're allowed to choose your your path if you want to become an officer. Well, guess what? You know, how much does the military climate change if everybody had to do their private time? Was it enlisted prior? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I love I love the way I did it. I I loved having been enlisted first. I cherish my time as an enlisted guy because it gives you really good insight. It on gives a lot you perspective. Of stuff. It gives you it gives you. It, I mean, if anything, it teaches you the fucking loopholes because you were doing them. So now you you make a better <laughs> officer because you know when you're being bullshitted. Hey, you're bullshitting me. <laughs> I'm like. I'm- I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're doing right yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the things, you know, I was, and I mean, this isn't very well known, but I was one of the big advocates back in 2005 for creating the 13 Lima program. And I aided uh, oh, no way. a guy that used to work for um, the House of Representatives in the state of Kansas. He was, he was one of the guys really pushing a white paper on creating the Office of Corps for TACPs. And I, I, I had yeah. a role in that and I was all for it. And it was funny because oh, that's it, really was, cool. it was not a popular op- opinion then. And then when I, if you ever go back and you talk to some of the original, um, the first, uh, 13 Limas that went through and they'll tell you, like, I glued them to me. So once they graduated tech school, because really? back, back then the pipeline was for them was over almost, almost a year and a half. So once they graduated tech school, they still lived in, in Herbert Field for, for a year. And I made them hang, hang out with me all the time. And I would just tell them, 
this is this is a problem that we faced here. This is a problem that we face here. This is this is issues that you have with army staff that changes out every two years. This is how this and like so. There's guys like Captain Keeley. Or, or, I'm sorry, I say Captain Keeley's Colonel Keeley yeah. now. He's in charge of the, <laughs> yeah Colonel Keeley yeah. now. But like 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 yeah, he was one of the guys that was just like as much time that he would spend with me, I would just sit with these guys and I would tell them every every story, every problem. And then I even would introduce them and put them on the phone with, you know, when they were going through the course, like I would have the 13 Limas interview famous tack piece, like Lee Blackwell, like, Hey, I remember, really? yeah, really? I had set, I had set Amico and a bunch of other guys up and said, Hey, you guys are going to call this dude and he's going to tell you the story of Ray Lozano firsthand. And then he's going to talk to you about, you know, how much how awesome. important your role is going to be for us as you grow up through the ranks being being a 13 Lima. So that was something I took super to heart because I knew this was the only way that we would actually get progressive change was raising yeah. these guys right and making sure that they were invested from the beginning. Well, you actually you bring up a really good point and, and I don't mean to to sidetrack this, but what, there's so many great stories in the tacti community you know of stuff that has been done Have, has there been any like um i don't know effort to preserve this to video these these interviews do like a professional interview and hear these stories and get these documented yeah you know? so i've had that i mean i myself and alex miller alex miller's uh used to be a tacti he's now a combat controller in the guard but a lot of people know alex mm-hmm. he was the uh the co-director on not a war story he you know he's produced all a, a, a lot of matt's serious uh videos um that you see like okay. the i choose life series like alex 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 produced that so yeah he was he's a i drug him into, great work i drug him into filmmaking with me and he ended up going to film school in sacramento and graduating and you know, he does film on the side and he does a lot of really cool projects for Coffee or Die. He works with Marty Scovlin and he did a, a really, really cool piece recently on uh, this this Iraqi radio DJ that was anti-ISIS. Uh, so if you roll over to Coffee or Die, look that up because it's a really cool 30-minute yeah, piece. But anyway, Alex and I have talked about this a while. The the way that I see the best way to do this. And I feel like I, I do have to hurry up and do this before somebody tries it and they fuck it up because they will. Yeah. Um, sure. But I would want to send somebody like, like I would need to raise about a hundred thousand dollars, which I've I, again, mm-hmm. kicked around reopening beer, drinking bomb droppers and collecting money yeah. until we raised enough. Um, upon, upon getting that money, the first course of action I would do is I would send a guy like Tim Pachesa that is so well respected and well liked as a, as one of our retired chiefs, I would send mm-hmm. him to every ASOS with a, with a hard drive and say, you know, give the briefing, Hey, we're doing a documentary. Give me all your, your footage. And yeah. he would sit there and collect everything from every ASOS that's unclassed. Obviously I'd then, yeah. mm-hmm. I'd then pay a DIT to go through and log all the stuff that we got based on video, photo, time frame, everything yeah. like that. And I mean, we've kicked it around, you know, uh, making it a multi-part series, you know, act one, 
being uh, TACV history, Act 2 being training pipeline, Act 3 being both wars and the stories behind them. But yes, one of my personal goals, you know, I had Earl Colville on Drinking Bros uh, a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago, and that was the first time his Silver Star story has ever been told, you know, to to, to mass. So yes, I do want to get these stories on camera and I want to get this stuff told is just doing it right, doing it the right way and, and making sure that it's, it's of high quality. I, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, given your background and your, your acumen for, for filmmaking, I mean, that, you're like the perfect guy to do it. Hence why I bring it up. That would be, yeah, I can't, that I would think, be a dream, a dream project. The dream project. Cause I don't think I, I can't do that. That's a, I don't have enough background in it and that's not kind of the film style I do, but I mean, that's preservation of history right there. Yeah, That's some and cool stuff. You know and, what I mean? And it and it really benefits it benefits a lot of our young guys too. Um I know we're kicking around a project right now, Tim Pachesa and I, once uh the the quarantine stuff lifts up is we're yeah. we're probably gonna make a uh we're gonna go through the student handbook and and like read it like as if it's a podcast, but discuss everything in detail how it pertains to the actual application of the job. And then oh, that's awesome. we're going to offer that for sale on the TACP association page as a study guide for students to listen to. So they could hear yeah, actual, sure. actual TACPs walking through the curriculum and like just now you can listen to it in the evenings rather, you know, than keeping your head in a book or, you know, people like that way as well. So that was an idea. Everybody learns a different way. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Everybody definitely learns a different way. I think that'd be, That'd be awesome. I mean, I know that's something I would have wanted to listen to when I was going to the schoolhouse. Just a, another way to absorb the information. But yeah. yes, and and connecting it to, you know, that was a lot of feedback I always got from my block is mm-hmm. uh, even from some of the, the mid-tier and, and higher-ranking officers because we did have captains and majors go through. They said, you know... You, oh, sure. you, were the, you, you were really good at teaching the theater air control system because you you showed it to us in a way that we could visualize it in working for us. And the reason why I was yeah. able to do that is because in my career, I got to physically work all the way from core, core TACP to the ASOC all the way down to a team. So I knew what all these things did in real life and how and what they mean and how to utilize them and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed teaching TACSAGs. That's, I mean, it's a... It's not super complex, but it, it's certainly hard to grasp. I mean, being yeah, able to, in, to to bring that across when you're an E3. I mean, you think about that like an E3. Oh, TAC, it's a lot. An E3 TACP though comes out of school understanding how request procedures, al- aircraft theater allocation, and works. Like very few Incredible. army yeah very few other military people know how warfare works when you go through seven level school and you do mdmp you're talking like colonel level education about how the military operates war at that point i mean i mean think i mean think about something as simple as like the joint virus course or something like that you know what i mean like we're talking this is stuff that's typically not taught anywhere near an e3 level so it's incredible that these guys are coming out with that type of information. I mean, necessary, of course, but just a lot to grasp. I mean, to be to be clear, like you got like an eighteen year old going through, it's going to be hard to get them kind of spun up on this type of stuff without being engaging in some way. Yeah, and you have to you just have to pra- know how to practically apply it and say, hey, this is why I'm teaching you this, and this is how this helps you. 
Um, so do you, are you up for PCS anytime soon or what are you, where are you looking to go after this? Where would you love to go after this? Oh, as far as uh, different units. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there just like you did. See who wants me. Yeah. That's, that's a good. You know, to be, on, to be honest, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to get that, that good experience by going, I'm, I'm kind of leaving a little bit to fade, but yeah, you know, I've talked to so many different, um, uh, officers and tactics and, pretty much every place is, is a good opportunity to learn just a different environment, different, you know, possible sphere, different uh, clients that you're, that you're working with, you know, different army units and stuff. So, you know, no matter where it is, I, I'm going to be happy. I'm not one of those guys where, you know, I hate any place. I'm going to love it wherever I end up. Well, but, while, you're, uh, while you're still yeah. young, why don't you roll over to selection? You know, why not? Why not go to seven? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I mean, we got a buddy who who was over there for a while, and he certainly sweet talked me about it, and it does sound amazing. I mean, uh, I mean, that would you be might awesome as well do it now. It, it sets your career path very nicely. You get to do a lot yeah. more fun thing, especially with the way that the wars have have throttled back. Like it's going to be unconventional warfare from here on out. So you might as well go to the soft side. <laughs> it, it does, and you know, dude, and you know what? I I hate saying it because like everybody you talk to, every tech B that you talk to, you're like, oh, what do you want to do? He's like, oh, I want to go soft. I want to go two four one seven. So I, I feel like it's such a trope, but yeah, absolutely, it's, it's something that I'm very seriously uh, looking into. That's great. Uh, that's exciting. I hope you. I hope yeah. you make it. I hope you no, do thanks, it. Man. I hope you do it, and then I mean, come to a graduation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. The. <laughs> Dude, so what's 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 next on the on the play for you, man? I mean, what's what's coming up? You know, uh, I mean, like, what, are, what, are, what is what is what is some juicy stuff you can tell me? I mean, we're working on this this uh, content initiative that has never really been done with a brand before, and okay. it's like a four part long form, like four part. 20 minutes a piece that once it's all said and done, it'll be mastered into a full movie. And, you know, I watched, oh, I watched the initial rough, um, of the first part today with Matt and Evan. Mm -hmm. And it's magnificent. Like it's going to be, it's going to change the marketing field a lot because people are going to go, wait a minute, what the fuck did you guys just do? <laughs> and we're really excited about it. So more details oh, will awesome. be annou announced about that. And, you know, maybe we can even get you out in a cameo in part three or part four. Once, uh, once we're not on lockdown anymore. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't wait till I can travel. Again. And you know, yes, I mean, we have our own range out here. So any, once you can travel again, by all means, feel free to come out and shoot some of your videos with us. Actually, that brings up a good point. What we need to do is um, some Hilo hog hunting. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to flex on you pretty hard right now. Oh God! Um, you probably don't know anybody else uh, of this stature, but I may or may not have a full case of about 1,500 rounds of Mosin Nagani ammo, and that's my <laughs> my. That's my cavalry Russian 1919 shorty Mosin Nagant is my go-to for helicopter hog hunting. If so, God, I don't even know how to reply to that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think we should. Uh, I think I think what we should do is get the the oddest weapons we can and, yes. and see what we can smoke from a helicopter. Uh, uh, I, shorty I, Mosin Nagant. I love my Mosin, man. I I love it. Like I want to see. 
I want to see I want to see you smoke a hog with a uh, a musket, you know, like a smooth a muzzle, bore muzzle loader. <laughs> a muzzle loader. You're just in the helicopter trying to jam that powder. In. You know what? That might be a good joint video with you because I pitched this to Evan last week, um, and yeah. I think this would be really fun, and this would be a perfect integration with you. Is I okay. think that we should study a specific battle during the Civil War. Then we have to get all the replica shit, weapon, uniform, everything. Yeah. And we have to run ourselves through this battle drill, like with, oh, with everything God. that they had. Like as, as a squad, like we have to go through this kind of shooting obstacle course, but we are with muzzle loaders and we have a time limit and we have XYZ. Like we put the restraints on us to where this is, it's going to show us what it was like to fight with this equipment. You know what I mean? And I, I will think- do it. Oh, I will. I will do it. But we have to eat hardtack for like three days prior to, you know, just really getting the roll. <laughs> and then after we're that done, we be- tar and feather you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, that would be that would be per- that's you know I've always found that really interesting. I think of long to use yes, that- like for us to to experience what it was like to fight that fight with what they had. That's an eye opener. It'd be incredible. I mean. I've always found that interesting is we're in period gear with the weapon at the time you're using it, you know, because it, it, it's, it's very, it's very interesting to see how that gear was set up. Like, how does it feel compared to, but that's, gear. that's, really whole part, to that's a part of it is we have to walk. Yeah. Like when we look at what we, we look at, you know, we study these battles and it's like, okay, these yeah. guys walked eight miles that day. They had oh, one, one hour to dig in and then they got into it with, you know, the, the Confederates, it's like, okay, let's do that. Let's walk the eight miles in wool, like, you know, really shitty boots, wool fucking uniforms, <laughs> carrying muskets with fucking, with, with bayonets. You know, we've got, we've got all our shit on. We're in Texas oh, when it's hot. You'd be, like, you'd be smoked. Yeah. You'd be and then, smoked. and then we put ourselves through this obstacle course, like having to be a union soldier. I think this would be an incredible vlog. I'm I'm one thousand percent on board. We got to do all of it, dude. We got to do Revolutionary <laughs> War, Civil War, World War One. Try it all the different. Oh, that would stuff. be yes. That would be I mean, that would be a super rad series. Can you imagine that, dude? Can you imagine how shitty you're gonna feel at the end of one of those drills, like an eight hour like oh, road march to yeah. dig in and then go and shoot a drill? And oh, by the way, yeah. Here's all you had to eat. It was. It was like, you know, smoked smoke pig intestine fucking and like <laughs> stale bread. Like and like a a leather bag of water. Yeah. It's like go fight. Yeah. Go, go fight. Go fight. And and yeah, you, you think about those battles and you're like, how do these guys do it? Like think yeah. about think about World War World War Two and Yeah, I was, I've been on guys. a civil war kick lately, so I watched Glory and Gettysburg and stuff recently, and I'm just like how heavy were those rifles? I mean, they're big, dude. They're big and they're fucking solid iron is those barrels. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. Like, so they're no joke. Uh, I mean, I, I think it would be an eye opener. I think it'd be a super interesting vlog. I would love to get like donut operator, you like everybody involved in something like this to where yeah. we all, we put ourselves to the test and go, okay, we were used to. ACOGs and 68s and EOTechs and 30-round yeah. magazines, but now we're running and trying to use a muzzle loader. 
God, that would be so beautiful. I am, uh, I am so down with this. Just trying to. Um, can you imagine? Just think about something as simple as firing that that smoothbore. I mean, even that rifled uh, oh the God. rifles that they had back yeah. then without iPro, without iPro, dude. Like I mean, all just the, the smoke. smoke and, yeah, everything is just it's wild. Yeah, we're we got to do this, and then after do the same thing from a helicopter. Yes. <laughs> well hey man this has been this has been great i'm glad we you know we knocked the initial episode out which means next time we just get to go into really cool video ideas that we both can do i know i know we gotta we gotta we gotta talk more about and just everything we gotta we gotta we gotta swap steer stories at some point absolutely and when where can uh where can people find you on the internet to watch your content you know, luckily they can just hop on YouTube, just type in Grand Thumb, G-A-R-A-N-D, Thumb, and they'll uh, they'll find my yeah, lovely same face thing out on there. Uh, Instagram as well. That's it. Yeah, just at Grand underscore Thumb, and uh, you'll find me out there. So awesome! Well, dude, thanks, to, thanks yeah, for coming yeah. on with us, and uh, well, look thank forward you for to having, having me on. on once quarantine's over. Absolutely. Next time, uh, let's get through some uh, Lead Slingers whiskey. Hell uh, yeah. I'm hot on that right there. <laughs> so if you're out there, go check him out on YouTube. Instagram, his videos are wildly entertaining, super fun. And obviously, we are planning some stuff in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Free Range America.